0: It's time for Ask Dale Anything, the show that answers your most perplexing questions with profound answers from one of the top transformational teachers and leaders on the planet, Dale Halloway. I'm your host, Mickey Manning, Dale's left-hand person, as I like to call it, and I've never heard a question that he can't answer. He's been doing this for over 40 years now, and he truly has an answer that's profound and helpful on any topic. So with that, Let's get into today's question. Today's topic is on stress. Mm. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that biggie.
0: Oh, that is a biggie.
1: Oh, you know it.
0: Dale, how would you describe stress?
1: Mm. How would I describe stress? Well, first of all, stress is an energy like anything else. It's an energy that uh, has to do with something going on in our world, something that's actually happening, that we're not processing properly, we're not digesting properly, we're not uh, receiving properly. And somewhere in that exchange of whatever that is, we start to feel this pressure And this pressure then turns into what we now know as a stress, where we feel stressed about this situation. We feel stressed about this conversation we're having or that we're about to have. We feel stressed that we have too much on our plate. Again, because in this place, we're not digesting properly. We're not breaking things down properly. We're not staying focused on one thing or Obviously, some people have the ability to multitask, and they can take on two or three things at the same time. But then even then, at some point, if one of those activities becomes too much, or they get snagged, or they get information that they were not expecting to get on one of those activities, then it could take them over the edge to where all of a sudden they start feeling this pressure. And if that doesn't get checked properly, cleared properly, then it turns into, uh, again, as I said, what you know, we refer to as a stress.
0: Right. So is there a good indicator for when you're getting to the edge for you? I mean, is there something where people can go, okay, this is too much. I need to scale back.
1: Well, I would say, yes, Uh, there's a number of indicators um, and it's going to be, you know, unique to the individual given how they normally deal with this level of stress in their world. For example, Some people can deal with mild levels of stress, uh, mild levels of stress, um, and you would think they're completely at peace. In other words, it's just no big deal for them. Then there are other people with that same level of mild level of stress uh, that uh, strikes them, and they start to act like the world's about to end um, because their capacity inside is such where just a little bit of stress sends them off the edge. Again, that pressure thing where someone else can handle a lot more. And even though they're stressed, but it's in a more mild way because their inner capacity to allow more in is obviously larger. And so an indicator is, you know, could be a tightness across the shoulder line where the back of your neck starts to get really tight or your shoulders get really tight. As I said, another indicator could be like literally in your solar plexus that starts to get tight. Some people say they feel like there's a knot in there or things are knotting up. Uh, That can most certainly be an indicator that you're experiencing stress. Another indicator could be your breathing, your uh, breathing rhythm changes dramatically meaning you were breathing more where there's more of a relaxed breath that you were engaged in, and all of a sudden now it's no longer relaxed, it's really tight, it's tense, it might be shallow, it might even be downright hard to breathe. Um, that's another indicator. Um, you could have an indicator in your working relationships, in, in interacting with others, where you're like on edge uh maybe you have uh you know three or four children and normally whatever it is that they're doing with their toys or not picking up after themselves normally it wouldn't bother you at all and yet on this particular afternoon uh they're just doing a little bit of that meaning having a little bit of a challenge picking up after themselves and it just stresses you out or not so much stresses you out you're on this edge you're on this edge, you're already on the edge, and this little act by that of your kids is enough to force you into experiencing the stress that you're currently sitting on So, or sitting in, that, again, in itself, can be another indicator.
0: Right. So what can stress lead to if it goes unchecked? You know, we hear that stress kills. You know, how can it affect our health?
1: Well, it affects our our neurosystem; it affects the way we think, it affects what we do with our feelings, our emotions, um, it affects the choices that we're in process of making, it affects the way we behave, um, it can affect uh, how we show up. Uh, for example, uh, when we're more relaxed and stress-free, we show up naturally, it's a lot easier for ourselves to be ourself versus when we are stressed. We might now find ourselves trying to be something, trying to be someone that we're never going to be. In fact, speaking of trying, we might find ourselves trying super hard to get something done that doesn't seem to be getting done. Um, and that's another way to uh, I suppose, spot it. And um, and then in that, the, you know, the individual's having whatever experience that they're having with it.
0: So, Dale, it leads me to, to ask, how do you manage your stress? Or do you even have stress? You know, do you just, I see you as this just Zen guru on the mountain that's never stressed out. Is that the case? Or, you know, what magical thing do you do to alleviate your stress when you do have it?
1: Well, I most certainly have stress. Um, but I've, Over the years, I've gotten very good at managing the stress. And so what that means is it never gets into a, I suppose, a red line area Um, and because I'm managing it properly in terms of my baseline. So I'm able to spot the stress rather quickly and because I'm able to spot the stress rather quickly and of course I know how to manage it I know how to work with it I know how to process it I immediately go to that place of uh, doing just that so therefore the stress never has to be, it just never builds into anything and so um so that's why no one really sees me so to speak stressed it's it's nothing magical that I'm doing it's something that I've learned how to do and I've chosen to learn how to do, and I've gotten really committed to learning how to do over, quite frankly, uh, you know, a good chunk of time.
0: So, Dale, we have a question from a listener and one of your students, TJ from San Diego, who asks, Dale, you help me with extreme anxiety. And as I listen to your show, I'm compelled to ask you if you would share what you taught me with your listening audience and how you were able to help me overcome it.
1: Well, over time, see, when somebody ends up with extreme an- anxiety, this is someone who has been stressed out multiple times over a long period of time. And more specifically, during those times in which he or she has been stressed, the stress never got cleared. So what happens is stress, again, is an energy. If the stress doesn't get cleared, what happens, that energy, the stress, it goes into hiding. It literally can hide in the body. For those of you that know of your field, your field of consciousness, which is is just outside of your body, that it can also go there as well. Well, if you turn this into a habit, if you turn this into a pattern, which somebody with extreme anxiety obviously has, such as the case with TJ a while back. So what happens now, now there's literally stress in the body. And that stress that's in the body has been in the body for a long time and it's been accumulating. And so now, quite frankly, that person, the, the smallest of things, the tiniest of things can happen in that person's life and it's enough to set them off again. And next thing you know, in a matter of minutes, it could be first thing in the day, first thing in the morning, and the stress mounts so rapidly it climbs the chart, if you will, and that person becomes intensely anxious to the part to the point of where the heart starts to race. Sometimes they break out in a sweat. They get really hot. The temperature of the body increases rapidly. Um, sometimes they start to shake or tremble, um, and so on. And so it obviously can get very scary. And speaking of scary. Uh, stress that is held onto that turns into anxiety and then eventually extreme anxiety if it's not being let go of properly it's all rooted in fear f-e-a-r fear and so what happens this fear so now it's not just stress it's fear and more specifically it's fear uh, around spinning out of control or losing control So what often happens with somebody who has a pattern of extreme anxiety, at least in my world with those that have come to me with this, is uh, where I help them the most, quite frankly, is helping them to get to what's known as a deep-seated control issue. So this person who has extreme anxiety that has not been processing or releasing their stress properly over some time, What's happened, they've become very controlling. They control everything. And when you control everything, what that means is there's no moment to relax. Uh, it just doesn't happen. That person cannot relax. Or I, shall I say, I suppose they could relax if they went and drank some alcohol or smoked some you know, marijuana um and, and it could be why some people smoke as much marijuana or why some people drink as much as they drink that they need that drink they need that marijuana to do just this it in fact some people you might even hear them say it out loud this helps me deal with my stress well that might or might not be true because again that stress is an energy and so that stress if it's not really being processed properly it can end up sitting in the body and then eventually over time, in the case of TJ, turn turn into this pattern or morph into this pattern of extreme anxiety. So with him, there were a couple things. First, it was to teach him how to relax more in that of his own body. Second, and not necessarily in this order, second, it was helping him to identify this core, this deeper core issue that he had, which was control but control from a negative perspective, meaning he literally had to control everything. I mean, his creative energy for the most part was always being used to always be in control of anything and everything that goes on in his environment, all designed as a way to make sure he would never feel anxious again. But as you can see, it didn't work. What was really happening, he was becoming more anxious. And as he was becoming more anxious, his control issue was getting stronger, meaning he would try even harder to control. When in fact, what ultimately became his saving grace was to learn how to let go of his need to control. Now this took some time, but over time, he got better and better at letting go, purging, releasing his need to control as a way to keep himself safe. And as he did that, simultaneously, he was learning how to get a better handle on this stress or this anxiety, this anxious energy, getting a better handle on how to connect with it, how to uh, process it, how to release it when it shows up instead of becoming so afraid of it. And over time, he started to get some really uh significant victories meaning he would have a moment where he would start to feel really anxious but then now he's learned some of these things that i just highlighted and more specifically how to process how to release he would choose to to go and do what he learned how to do which was again to process that energy to release that energy and next thing you know he was having this victorious moment where it it never rose to the same level of high anxiety again. It rose, but instead of it going all the way up the scale to 100, let's say the top of the scale is 100, it only went to 90. And then eventually it only went to 80. And then eventually it only went to 60. And then eventually it only went to 40. And over time, with a number of victories in this regard, you can just imagine how empowering at some point this began to feel for him Because he's having these victories where all of a sudden he's no longer spinning out of control with high levels of anxiety. And so as he got a taste of this, and of course he wanted more, so then we got a little deeper, not just into the control issue, but now we started to tap into that fear. The root of extreme anxiety. Getting to the fear. What am I really so afraid of? What am I afraid of? of that I'm so convinced it's going to happen, even though it has not happened. Getting to that and then learning how to clear that up or how to transform that, which is exactly what he has done, what he continues to do. And therefore, it. at this stage now, he's got tremendous momentum going for him. It's just getting better and better for him as each month passes.
0: Wow, that's so fantastic. I know I had a lot of anxiety before I worked with you. And uh, over the last two years, it's gotten less and less and less. And a lot of it for me was I just kept sweeping things under the rug. And, you know, I was like, oh, IRS. Oh, no, I won't worry about that. I won't worry about that. So, of course, my my pattern was avoidance. So, of course, I had anxiety. (laughs) It would have led eventually to straight on panic attacks. And, you know, we we do have a lot to cover, but I just have a quick question. And that is, Mm -hmm. are panic attacks and stress, is, is a panic attack like the next level? Past anxiety, or where does that come into play? That's stress related too, it would seem.
1: Oh, yes, it sure is. And yes, it is. It's it's a it's not just the next level, it's actually a higher level of this is somebody who just has really uh not been checking this stuff properly. Uh they really have been running away from situations that are going in their life for who knows how long. And their fear when somebody develops a panic disorder or a or shall i say a panic disorder develops uh, over time with them you can be assured that there's intense deep seated fear in their psyche that once again that's gone unchecked over a long period of time meaning that fear has been allowed to grow kind of like a weed in a garden you know if you let your weeds grow in a garden we already know that the weeds are going to get stronger they might even get larger the roots might go deeper into the earth. And not only that, at some point, the roots of the weeds are going to start to entangle in that of other weeds and their roots. And when that happens, I mean, it just be, the whole situation becomes more complex. So in this case, if, if I'm not dealing with my fear or fears properly, consistently, what's now happening, my fears, in the depth of my psyche or in my subconscious, the roots of those fears they start to entangle in the roots of other fears that I might also be holding on to. And what this does is creates an entanglement of that energy. It produces a high level of complexity, in this case, somebody who now uh, is experiencing, uh, you know, some level of panic attack or panic disorder.
0: Wow, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. It's time. It's time for it's time for the serious questions. The serious questions. The serious part of the show. Let's get heavy. All right, Dale. Let's get heavy. Are you ready? <laughs>
1: Oh, there I go. I'm feeling stressed again.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, this is this is a serious question, but this actual serious question comes from me. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I do I do this. I throw one of these at you every once in a while, you know, because because I can. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Since this has been a recent experience for me, um, a member of my immediate family has had two blackouts recently, and I'm very concerned about him. Um, he, We've come to discover he has a high-sugar diet. He hasn't been drinking enough water, Is hasn't been getting enough sleep for his age, and puts a lot of pressure on himself. And he's been under added pressure from school finals, a music recital performance, the holidays, and an audition at an art school he's been preparing for. So, you know, it seems like he's been having a hard time managing these pressures and he's been checked out by doctors gone through a barrage of tests and they've found nothing you know they think he had maybe a mild seizure but they're not sure you know it's like a mystery and i feel like it's a combination of these things and you and i've discussed this but you know i wanted to bring this up on air because you know we have this new development and you know it does seem like he's buckling or shutting down under pressure but I want to know what advice you have to help him manage these pressures and hopefully not have further blackouts or worse. And in addition, you know, he doesn't want to give up the audition, which seems like it's possibly the straw that's breaking the camel's back. And I'm just not sure what to do to help him. If he wants to move forward with this, you know, what's your advice for this situation?
1: Well, is to, you know, first really, you know, assess it properly which is what we've now already done, but then to break it down, to break it down in, in a very practical way. Because again, if it's, if it's, you know, for the most part, it's all energy. So uh, obviously these are a couple of loud wake-up calls, so to speak, that something's off. And so you now know that at least on a physical level, uh, what's off, way too much sugar, uh, too little water, um, the diet isn't super, super strong, um, partly because the sugar will knock everything off, uh, meaning the white refined sugar, just a lot of candy or too much candy, excessive amounts of candy. And of course, uh, you know, he's obviously, uh, dealing or using that as a way to deal with now what it is that's stressing him out. And so whether it's the pressure of school the pressure of uh, friendship at school with one of his classmates or the pressure of this audition they've got coming. So, you know, that's one area to check. Uh, The other area is to check is at home. Does he have a pressure at home? Does he have a pressure with mom or dad? Does he have a pressure with one of his siblings? Um, Because, you know, when someone goes to excessive sugar, it's like an addiction, I guess, you know, it'd be like somebody being an alcoholic or maybe not an alcoholic, just going to excessive alcohol at this stage. They're doing so because something's going on in their life, stress-wise, that they're not dealing with, they're, they're avoiding. Now, in all fairness to him, because he's a, you know, a young man, uh, this is where the parent or parents get involved and they recognize that there's something going on in his world that is out of balance. It's too much. And so what you've got to do is you've got to be able to decide what, um, first of all, not only is it too much, but what part of it can you pull away? What part of it can you let go of and bring it back to where it's more practical, it's more digestible, yet it still challenges him, it still stimulates him, but not in a way where it blows him out, so to speak, or knocks him off of his balance, or knocks his equilibrium off, and so, um, you know, whatever that is. So it could be the audition. Maybe it's too much. Maybe you've got to step in and you pull him back from the audition, or maybe there's something going on, like I said, at home with someone that you've got to that you've got to be able to step in and pull it back in, and not not let him make all the decisions he can be involved but not let him make all the decisions because if he makes all the decisions of course he's, he's going to decide i want to do this i want to do that i can't do this i can't speak up here and so on and so forth but meanwhile one or two of those areas probably needs to go or at least needs to be adjusted so that he can start to better work with whatever that is
0: that makes total sense. Yeah, not, and I can see where I do that. I definitely let him decide too often, and I think I'm even making that mistake now. Well, of course he wants to to do this and that and and all of it. So, okay, good. That that's I I appreciate that, Dale. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Well, this is where you know it's really interesting because obviously in this situation you're the parent and he's the child, but you know even with adults, you know uh, there are sometimes for us as an adult. We take on too much. We take on too much or our lives are out of balance. And uh, we too, we have to pull in the rain. We have to, you know, take a moment, slow it down a little bit, take a look because we're starting to feel those signs of intense pressure, right? And what is it that's out of balance? What is it that's going on that we're not dealing with properly? And so, and if it turns out that I've taken on too much or maybe I'm moving too fast, Maybe I'm moving too fast with my business. Well, if that's true that I'm moving too fast with my business, far better for me to recognize I'm moving too quickly for my business. I'm trying to get somewhere without actually allowing the process of maturing so that I can actually get there and then stay there. So if that's the case, that maybe what I need to be doing is identifying I'm trying to move too quickly and I need to be letting go of my need to move that fast. So now that becomes more of a transformational thing. So now I'm going to go to work on letting go of that and pull back in the reins. You know, I'm still going to get there. I'm just not going to get there as fast as I wanted to get there. I don't have to take this all on overnight. It's too much too fast, you know. And so what I've got to do is I've just got to get real with myself. Even I'm speaking now just as an adult. I've got to get real With myself, you know, maybe I've just started a new relationship and I haven't yet completed my old relationship. Maybe I'm in a situation right now where uh, I'm in process of getting divorced or I'm in process of ending one relationship, but I haven't completely ended it yet. And I've already started a new one. And I'm three weeks in and all of a sudden I'm starting to feel this stress and this anxiety and and I may be maybe even telling little white lies along the way as a way to protect myself from something. But by God, am I in a big hurry? I want to really, you know, move quickly into this new relationship. But I haven't really completed the one that I just left only a month ago. And so once again, it and and now I'm noticing that my balance is off. My equilibrium is off. Well, of course it's going to be off. I'm attempting to take on too much without processing what it is I'm to be processing first and foremost before I take in something new. So in this case, be far better just to pull it back, slow it down, right? If that new relationship is really meant to be, it's still going to be there. Whoever that person is, if they're really meant to be, they'll understand. In fact, they might even have more respect for you to say, you know what, I think we're moving too quickly. I haven't really... um, close the door properly on the one that I just stepped out of a month ago. So now I'm going to pull it. I'm going to pull back in the reins. I'm going to slow it down on purpose. I'm going to be responsible here because I want to get my balance back. I want to get my equilibrium back. And in order for me to do that, I need to do this because what I need to do first and foremost is take a little more time and close the door properly on this last experience that I'm just simply coming out of. And again, I could draw so many examples here of these types of things in terms of our everyday way of living that all of a sudden start to cause stress. And if we're not paying close attention, the stress turns into some level of anxiety. And if we're still not paying attention, the anxiety turns into some kind of a panic. And that's because our, and then of course panic can also turn into, I'm just going to check out. And I'm going to pass out. And then we have the person who literally passes out. Now, they only pass out maybe for a minute, but they pass out. And they pass out because they cannot take another moment of this. It's too much. The neurosystem, the nervous system that makes up our physical form, cannot even process this, let alone the individual actually processing. Right? Right? And so that then becomes the super loud wake-up call. The person just passed out. Well, they passed out because they did lose their equilibrium. They've already lost their balance because of what I'm, you know, highlighting right now. And yet we can learn how to do this differently. We can learn how to do this in a way where we don't have to pass out anymore. We can learn how to do this where we don't have to lose our equilibrium anymore. And by doing so, it's for many of us, this is a game changer. Like with TJ, it became a game changer for him. In fact, if TJ was on the call right now, he'd probably go ahead and say this actually saved his life because the path that he was on, it wasn't looking good. And so, but, but that happened over time. That was not a, you know, that didn't just show up like one weekend that showed up as a lifestyle. He was living that way, only he didn't know he went unconscious or was unconscious. He didn't know that what he, the way he was living, it was leading to this place where it was turning into, you know, these extreme anxiety attacks and things were getting darker for him. They were getting heavier, denser for him. And of course, and they would for any one of us because at that point our equilibrium is so off, once again, we're ready to pass out because we really don't know how to process anything at that point. We can't process anything at that point because it's now taking over us. And so what we want to do, we want to learn how to do this properly so that it never, ever has to get to that point.
0: When somebody finds themselves extremely stressed out at that moment and they catch it, is there something that they can do to bring that stress level down? You know, would it be breathing or would there be something else that would be an immediate um, hatch, if you will, not necessarily fixing everything, but just helping them come back down to a calmer state?
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, the breath is always um, just uh, a wonderful help. It's a wonderful benefit that we all, uh, get to enjoy, if you will. But in order to do that, you've got to remember to breathe. And uh, the challenge is when the stress is mounting, if if you just study someone, you'll 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 see this. If someone, if their stress starts to mount, the first thing that goes is their breath. You'll literally watch them from breathing more from say their diaphragm. I I I talk about this in in my book, Being Called to Change where I talk about diaphragmic breathing and how most people don't even breathe from this place because they just lost consciousness temporarily, mind you, right? But yet how powerful of a practice this is to engage in. So, for example, uh, prior to somebody really getting stressed, just prior to that happening, if you were studying their breathing rhythm, you would notice a significant change every single time. I see it... I see it in my seminars. I see it in my day-to-day way of living when I'm interacting with other people. Happens all around me, all the time. And so because of that, that's the first place and the one thing that anybody can do at any time. All that's required is awareness. Awareness and choice, good choice-making. It's the awareness that your breath can support you. But in order for it to support you, through this stressful moment, through this anxiety-ridden uh, type moment, you've got to remember to breathe. And more specifically, more specifically, you've got to remember to breathe slower and deeper, or as deep as you can go. So one of the uh, very simple things that anybody and everybody can do is take uh, five, five, one, two, three, four, five, five deep and slow breaths where you're just you're you're breathing slowly on purpose so for example when somebody gets stressed here's another thing you'll notice with the breathing pattern they start breathing rapidly and or they'll move their breath to a shallow position where they're barely breathing and so in this case all we do is we reverse it and we purposefully take a deeper breath but we slow down the breath So you've seen me sometimes doing this in the seminars when people get really activated and they're ready to really process something of a deeper nature, to really clear something, to resolve something for themselves. It's one of the first things I have them do. I have them connect to their breathing, get conscious or become conscious of the way they're breathing, and then I guide them to take a deeper and yet slower breath. And sometimes you'll hear me say, I want you to slow down your breathing right now. Because I can already see what's happening, they're ramping it up, meaning they're going rapid, and when they go rapid with their breath, they're literally going to pass out. And so the antidote is just slow down the breathing, but breathe deeper. That's the combination. Taking a deeper breath, or as deep as you can. Some people, when they're really scared, they cannot take a very deep breath. So you don't want to force the depth of the breath, you just want to go as deep as you can. But then you also want to combine that with a slower form of breathing. And you want to take five of those, five deeper, slower breaths. And just that in itself will change everything. Now, you might, you're might, perhaps not completely out of the woods yet, meaning the anxiety or the stress is still there. But what that'll do, that those five deeper, slower breaths will cause you just to calm down a little bit. And more specifically, it'll cause you to calm down on the inside. As you calm down, then at that place, you can possibly question where this is coming from. Who is it? What is it that really bothers you right now? Who is it? What is it are you really afraid of right now? And whatever the answer is, right, it's now the acknowledgement. It's you acknowledging that answer. And then that's when the energy really can start to move. I mean, moving in a, positive, in a positive way, because that energy that's kind of spinning out of control, so to speak, with your thoughts and emotions and that type of thing, it's just now we're just simply acknowledging what it is and where it's coming from. And a lot of times that in itself will not only get it to move, but then it opens up to this more inner process where... Chances are you're going to get another insight or two about what that is on a perhaps deeper level. Keep breathing, right? So, if at any point you start to feel the anxiety increasing or the stress increasing, go back to those five deeper, slower breaths, and uh, and then and then if you have somebody around you that can help to ground you, so you know sometimes every, everybody's had that experience where they're really nervous about something and they'll pick up their phone and they'll call their best friend and and they'll say those and they'll talk to their best friend for 5 minutes and they'll close up the conversation they'll you know say to their best friend oh gosh i'm so glad you picked up the phone it just felt so good just to hear your voice it's because their voice has a grounding effect on you Maybe they, and, and they probably didn't speak quickly. They were speaking slowly. They probably weren't speaking loudly. They were speaking more quietly. They were speaking uh, more firmly, meaning there was no wiggle room. You could feel the security through their voice and you anchored to it. And as you anchor to it in the context of that five minute short conversation, it too can help calm you down so you can get a better perspective, uh, a cleaner perspective on what's actually going on in your world in that moment.
0: This has been a fantastic topic and a, a, you know, much needed one to discuss since there's so much stress in the world.
1: Yeah, there sure has been.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. And if you found Dale's teachings helpful and you want to get more of them, then you might really like his free ebook that we have for you, 12 Simple Ways to Change Your Life in 30 Days. You can download it for free at delhalloway.com forward slash practices. That's delhalloway.com forward slash practices. In it, you'll find 12 simple ways, explained to you in exact step-by-step fashion, that will cause your life to move forward in the next month. Simply choose one of the practices, any one of them, do it for 30 days straight, And you'll see a new you begin to manifest. I am not kidding. Download your free copy today at com forward slash practices. Oh, and by the way, if you know anybody who might find this content helpful, please share it with them. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you next time.